I suppose I should open up the Scofflaw story first of all. I thought this was a nice way to introduce it because it came from a non... It came from a marketing point of view. We're never going to be stuck for things to talk about, are we? God. No, quite the opposite. I mean, I honestly... <laughs> I, I This is the God's honest truth. When I started this podcast, two of my pals said to me, there's never going to be enough Brewdog news to fill a show. I'm like... You could do a daily one currently. Yeah, really could. Um, okay, here we go. <clears throat> Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash news for a really cool way to help us. Thank you! Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 9 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded on the 4th of October 2018. We're your fortnightly source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me, Bruce Cameron. Kind of. Kind of? What do yeah, you mean by kind yeah. of? By the time this goes out, I'll be uh, lying with my feet up in Crete. Ah, um, so that's it, why I'm pre-recording this with yes, you now. So yes. let me get this right. On this recorded thing, you're not actually here, no. but you're pre-recording it. So as when we record the thing later, you're here, but you're not. And people think I'm here, but actually it probably won't sound like I'm any different than normal. Okay. Do you think people are that daft? No. Okay. No. Uh, so I will be, I'll be, be like, I'll be like, how is he on there? But you're you're going to Crete. Crete, yep. Leaving as what? soon as I say as soon as I say my bad joke, I'm off. It's a a friend's retirement party. Oh. He's uh, returning from the fire brigade after thirty years, and um, his friend owns an apartment block out there. They close for the season now, and for the last week, he's getting it for free. So all I've had to do is pay for flights. Well, that's fascinating. Let's carry on with the intro. Okay, uh, and uh, we've got the always available Andrew Watson. Hello, everybody. And the enigmatic and elegant Emma DeSena. Why, thank you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the big scofflaw screw-up that ended up getting Brewdog on BBC News, 10 Ways to Mess Up Brewdog by James Watt, Bitcoin, yes, I said it, Bitcoin is coming to Canary Wharf, we've fanzine news, we've two-for-one food offers, we've Iceland news, hold on a minute, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> We fancy news, we've two for one food news, we've Iceland news, not the discount food retailer. We've got Watty on the line, and I kid you not, Mr. Tom Aitken makes his podcast debut. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in Brewdog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So, without further ado, let's play some theme music! You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. What I love most about your company is the passionate, talented, massively hardworking bunch of people that we have. James Watt, Martin Dickey, this is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Blue Dog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melbourne again. And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters in the last couple of weeks, but especially our top tier supporter, Innis. Uh, Innis, thank you so much. And thank you to Christopher for that lovely, energetic recording. Um, hello, um, Matthew. Uh, Matthew? <laughs> am I calling you Matthew? Hello, Andrew. How are you, <laughs> sir? Who's Matthew? <laughs> Who is I don't Matthew? know. I, I actually can't even blame alcohol at this point either. <laughs> Andrew, how tea? are you? Does, is that tea <laughs> fermented or something? Dear me. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Excellent. Uh, Emma, yourself, how's things? I'm very good, thank you. Lots to keep us busy tonight, isn't there, to talk about? Always lots going indeed. on in the world of Brewdog. There is indeed. We should get straight into it. I uh, pre-recorded this with Bruce earlier. Uh, Bruce, um, yes. I know you're technically not here right no, now. No, I'm not, not here uh, at all. But I did just want to get your thoughts. I know you were away in Poland uh, with work all over yes. the big weekend when all the scofflaw thing came out. Yep. But from your sort of stand-backy point of view, did you have any thoughts on it? Is there anything you wanted to no. say or did you hit, not really hear much about it at all? I heard I heard a little bit. The only thing I, I kind, of, kind of came to mind was why wouldn't have a phone call be made right off the bat from James to... Scoffler without even going into the 
into the world wide web of social media. You know, I, I just, why did that not happen? Or maybe it did, and then he felt the need to, to go online. I don't know, I, I just think, a phone call saying, here, really? Is this is this real? And then it could have been sorted out, but I don't know. It just, I don't, I don't know what the rest of the guys think, but for me that was it. I mean, I, I didn't catch much of it other than there was a big poop storm going around, but, you know. Yeah, cool. Okay, right, well, we'll dig into it just Yeah, now. dig into it, Jim. And I'll, I'll listen to the podcast when I've got my feet up with that beer. Okay, um, for those who don't know anything about this whole Scofflaw, Brewdog and Frank thing, um, Andrew or Emma, would either of you two like to try and sort of sum up what happened over the last few days? The official line and what seems to have happened, somehow... And this is very difficult to to believe in some ways because it's a uh, it's it's quite astonishing. So Frank PR, a, a well regarded, well known in the in the PR world agency, were retained by Scofflaw for their week in the UK, and somehow along the line, one of their people managed to send a press release to the UK's beard journalists, saying that fans and supporters of Donald Trump who declare their allegiance in a Brewdog bar would get a free measure of Scofflaw beer. So so just to clarify, Scofflaw were coming over from America for the week and they were visiting five or six Brewdog bars, was it? Yeah, good. There's it was, it was like a week's, week's tour, wasn't it? Yeah, a few in London, a few up north in North England. And, and their PR agency sent out a press release saying, hey, this is what's happening. Oh, and by the way... If you identify yourself as a Trump supporter, you'll get a free drink from Scofflaw. So it needs to be said that Scofflaw portray themselves as sort of kind of redneck punks, if you like. It's it's, it's the Brewdog playbook from 10, 10 years ago, but I with an know, added actually, bit of Southern state play, just rebelling and so on. One thing I saw online was uh, someone shared it, when all this was going on, someone shared a, a few videos of the kind of things that they do. And there was this video of... Um, Someone was parked in a, a, a disabled um, parking space, and they decided that the best thing they were going to do was jump out of the car and stab the tires on the car, and made a little video about how they're rebels and they don't put up with stuff. So, but I mean, I, I do remember we when I was on the last episode with, with Charles, um, he he was very keen to say these guys are wild. Um, they don't play by the rules. They make great beer, but they don't play by the rules. Um, so it does make it hard to believe kind of what happened next, really. So I good, don't know if we can sort of pick back up the story there. Good wild or bad wild? Bad wild, I think. Yeah, so it, it, as you can imagine, I think Thursday evening, the press release Thursday went to the beer press and they all blew up that evening and then it, it became more mainstream by the, the Friday with the joys of Twitter. And personally, I wouldn't mind if Twitter disappeared never to be heard from again, but that's mm-hmm. so that just seems to be the source of everyone's problems these days. But it, to be fair to Brewdog, there was a, a, a post on the forum and within an hour or so, uh, James had taken decisive action. Uh, James was out of the business that day, but still managed to um, t- t- take clear and and concise action to stop the Scofflaw tour, to say the beer would be sent back. And then within uh, at most a couple of hours, Brewdog had announced that uh, you could have a free pint of punk if you said you supported love, not hate. Yeah, I... I um... I wasn't overly impressed with, look, I get, if it wasn't their fault, if that was genuine scofflaw, then, um, and I get that they'd be angry. I really didn't like some of the comments that they were posting on their Facebook page in response to people. And fair enough, they were getting a lot of hassle on their Facebook and Instagram, but they were being quite um well unprofessional really but yeah quite derogatory to people that were messaging them not in a way that I would think that Brewdog would be behave really I know that we've had some spats on Twitter etc but not in an unprofessional way like that really they were saying some quite nasty things to posters so that doesn't sit very well with me Brewdog had to be consistent they don't particularly want to be political I think it's quite wise given the uh 
the push into America, but they do stand up on issue by issue basis. So, the Make Earth Great Again uh, beer that came out last yeah, year. Yeah, that was a protest beer, wasn't it, against uh, Trump pulling, well, America pulling out of the Paris Agreement. Exactly, and they've they've put up a pop up bar on the U.S. Mexican border to protest against the wall. Some would take that as anti Trump, but they they do have a precedent. For example, with "Hello, my name is Vladimir," of of really taking on oppression and taking on wrongs in the world, whoever they may come from. It just so happens, I think, that uh, the current incumbent of uh, Pennsylvania Avenue is uh, responsible for more wrongs than rights in the eyes of the rest of the world. As as things stand, so to Brewdog's credit, they turned it around pretty quickly. The I think there's a PR Week article that says just how well they did. The trade press, I work in the marketing industry myself. The trade press has been very positive towards Brewdog. If there's a criticism, it's that uh, Brewdog made a knee jerk reaction and took action. Scofflaw were a bit slower off the mark and perhaps thrown under the bus by Brewdog a wee bit, it turns out fault has been attributed to the PR agency who managed to stay quiet for over 24 hours. So it's one of the old adage, if you're part of the story, then it's time to go. So I think Frank had been cut. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's sort of a well-known thing that if the PR agency becomes part of the story, then the PR agency is not doing their job right. So the, so the sequence of events, as I see it, were um, the press release went out, Brewdog said, this is nothing to do with us, and now Scofflaw are nothing to do with us. Scofflaw ummed and awed for a while, weren't very professional on their Facebook and Instagram as well, um, saying that they can't get out of the hotel room because they're getting all this abuse and everything, but then ultimately blamed Frank. Frank PR then ultimately blamed a rogue employee, uh, or a ro- what was it, a rogue... Yeah, it's just a, a rogue staff member, which is so poor in rogue, itself. Rogue, rogue element. element, wasn't it? Rogue element. I mean, yeah. how how poor is that as a as an employer that you throw an employee under the bus? I mean, surely whoever it was wasn't setting out to ruin their client. There must have been a reason. It must have been discussed somewhere. And then they just throw one person under the bus. I mean, that's just pathetic. Brewdog, sh- sorry, um, Brewdog right. shared the the actual press release that they'd signed off on and said that Scofflaw signed off on this as well, and it had no mention of the Trump thing. So, sorry, Emma, go on. No, I was just agree. I was just about to agree with Andrew because the lady that they tried to throw under the bus, she'd been with the business on and off for about seven years as well. So, and I think she was a a senior account executive. So, and sounds like a loyal. Um, employee to the business so yeah I'm disappointed in Frank that they did that do you think I mean the conspiracy theory of course is that all this was set up it got exactly what it was supposed to a load of publicity it was you know Scofflaw would have come over here sold a few beers probably wouldn't have really heard much about it as it was it became a national news story Uh, is any thoughts on whether it was always intended from the start I think the sad thing is that when it comes to Brewdog's marketing at the moment, the conspiracy theories are believable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know we've been through this enough times with different elements that, yeah, I, I there's a few there's a few things behind the scenes that we've we've heard about as well that make me think actually this is all genuine, but I would not be surprised at all if it was a a scheme baked up by. Brewdog's task force or marketing team with Frank Scofflaw weren't in the nose for added dramatic effect, and we ended up here. It's it's by no means as ridiculous a thing to say as there was no moon landing, for example. Yeah, um, Emma, what do you think about the um, tin foil hat side of things? Do you, do we really think that though? After what's what's happened recently, especially with beer porn i mean i don't know if i'm being naive but i really do genuinely believe james in what he said a few weeks ago that no more you know extreme marketing stunts and let's just focus on um the beer and people but am i being too Uh, naive i don't think you're being naive i think you're uh, the world should be more like emma but i I, (laughs) i'm far too cynical for that i think i just get the impression I, I trust James's business acumen, but I also think if there's the opportunity for some free publicity, he's too addicted to what's gone on for the last 10 years to turn it down. And he could have kippered us all, in which case, fair play to him. Yeah, Emma, you, you kind of, uh, you, you see their office most days, don't you, Frank? I do. Uh, I actually used to work yeah, in the just building. Go and, oh, brilliant. Just go and knock on the door and you can just find out. <laughs> yeah. Stand there, tinfoil hat, brilliant. Yeah, um, you should do that. Laptop and microphone, get an exclusive. Scoop yeah. for episode 12. <laughs> 
Yeah, Sounds excellent. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm very much inclined to believe that James was. I mean, James was very open on the forum, unusually open on the forum, actually. And it felt like the whole thing had been a bit of a personal blow to him that day. He, I, I do believe that he couldn't get in contact with Scofflaw, and he couldn't get in contact with. Um, Frank PR and it was all a bit sorry Frank there's a Frank PR in in America that we need to be careful I keep mentioning the same Frank PR it's just Frank um so I I'm inclined to believe but I suppose in a way to wrap this up the reason why we didn't record last week is because I kind of knew that there was going to be more to this story and as it happens uh, James was back on the forum earlier this week and uh, apparently he's spoken to Scofflaw and they've kind of you know sorted things out things seem amicable between them doesn't seem to be any love lost between them and Frank, though. Uh, but uh, they are now considering maybe doing some sort of collab brew, something like that, to, to, to try and sort of set the record straight. So I think we'll hear about that in the next couple of days. What I did find interesting, and one thing I read somewhere else, is that uh, Brewdog recommended Frank to Scofflaw to execute this campaign. So there's, there's all sorts of intertwined potential for conspiracy. Yeah. But I'm quite sure there's Brewdog staff listening to this podcast right now going, shut up, stop talking conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, oh, who knows? But ugh, at the end of the day, it happened. Um, at least this time, and I, I hate this what I'm about to say, at least this time Brewdog didn't come out looking too bad in this PR disaster. <sighs> hmm. Right, anyway, let's talk about screwing things up a bit more. Um, This time, a little bit more of a positive note. Uh, James posted up, following their sort of retreat thing that I think they do annually now, he posted up a uh, document that they shared internally, uh, and it was entitled 10 Ways to F*** Brewdog. Uh, I'm obviously going to have to bleep that. (laughs) Uh, I think we better refer to it as 10 Ways to Mess Up Brewdog. Um, So, yeah, uh, there was 10 points on here. And uh, I don't know if you... Did either of you two get a chance to have a look over it? I did, actually, yeah. Um, I've got it in front of me. And, yeah, I'm very impressed with it. And I've always been really impressed with James' leadership skills, actually, because I've worked for companies before and they haven't even got, um, you know, their... They don't know what their brand DNA is. They don't have any business objectives. So to have this coming out from James to give clear direction, I think is a real positive for the business. Yeah, but yeah, his, ty- so- his typewriter letters are really annoying. <laughs> yeah, his typewriter. It, it's in a it's a PDF and it's all look, made to look like it's on a typewriter. No, he, no. he does actually have a typewriter. And oh, he does, it, does oh, he? And, really? and, he, and he scores out the mistakes he's made. A, I mean... Brewdog can't really be called hipster anymore. They're far too big for that. Yeah, there we go. We're on on his granny's typewriter. I mean, come on. Just use it. I mean, he, he posts Instagram videos showing his desk with his computer. Just use your computer. <laughs> this is not difficult. And then, I mean, just as long as it's not Comic Sans, don't mind. Anyway. <laughs> Font-based anger. But yeah, he, uh, so it was 10 points. Any, any of them jump out? I mean, yeah, sorry, Emma. It, it, it is great that... You know, a company that's now 10 years in the making is sharing a, you know, an internal memo saying, hey, folks, here's some ways, just a few of the ways that we can screw this business up massively. Not something you hear of normally. Um, any of the items on the list jump out at you particularly? I thought the hire more people one was interesting and there was a little bit of debate about this on the forum. I completely get what he means by that. Um, and I'm all for keeping it lean and flat structures wherever possible. Okay, so um, that, that's what he said. Sorry, I'm just thinking about the listeners who've not seen it. So it, it, yeah, it basically sorry. said keep keep it lean. He, he says... Um, let me just... His exact words were, the tighter and leaner we can keep our teams and structures, the more effectively we can operate as a business and the closer we can be to the action. The, and this is where the bloody typewriter comes in. He's got a typo he's not corrected. The, he said the with three E's. I think he means there are no extra points for additional headcount. I think that's quite a contentious subject because obviously there's areas in the business which, again, James has admitted to on the forum that have been understaffed for a while now. And actually, um, for example, the um, e-commerce team 
And that's actually one of the areas that will have a real impact, I think, on the business in terms of brand visibility and sales growth, um, if they really invested in that. You have to, so Joan talks about looking after customers and um, listening to customer feedback, but you really have to, this is me with my work head on, but you really have to look at the customer experience from all touch points across the board and touch nail it. Points. Yes, and nail it on every single one for for that to be a true success. Um, and sadly, we don't. So, you know, response times on tickets, no fault of the e-coms team at all, but they're understaffed to be delivering best in class there. Um, you know, companies, well, customers now, in this day and age expect to get through to somebody on the phone it's all about instant resolution so we've got a long way to go there so yeah I do agree with him but I do think there is areas that we do need to invest more in yeah yeah, I agree. His counter to that point, which I think is fair, is that he says other areas of the business have hired too bullishly for what their business need was. Um, so hopefully I mean, he's going to know about all these issues he gets told about by the rest of us often enough. What I did like was his third point about taking customers for granted. Um, so you know, companies which do not obsessively love every single one of their customers don't last very long. That does seem at odds with what the state of the online shop and the the e-commerce offering as a whole because i mean brewdog aren't one of the best five online shops for beer in the uk let alone the world so Mm -hmm. there's a long way to go and that's just from a customer service perspective yeah they are massively invested in that just now and i know they're trying to get people in and everything so i think that'll be turned around by i would say probably middle of next year that'll all look quite different as my guess i love the fact that beer focus is number one as it should be yeah because it's definitely not been for a little while. I don't uh, think. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, Brewdog are known for having the most impressive quality control operation in craft beer. I mean, the labs and all the QA stuff that's done in Ellen is is amazing. No, what I mean by that is when we met up for um, Beatnik Brew Day, we just said when we were looking back at the six months of beers that come out, including Fanzine and everything, I think it would launch by then. Yes, it had. You know, there wasn't really much standing out that made us go, God, you know, love Brewdog, love their beers. We were just like, yeah, it's been a few, been all right. And it's it's good. It's great that I, I feel that they're refocusing back onto the beers. Yeah, the announcement of the Barrel Age programme today, for example, I think that will really help drive quality and innovation in terms of beer back to how things used to be before. But I'm yeah. so happy with what's coming out at the moment. Yeah. Right, sure there's folk listening to this wanting us to get to the more fun stuff, but just before we get into the uh, the more ad hoc things, uh, maybe a bit more interested if you're not interested in the business side of BrewDog, let's talk the business side of BrewDog. Uh, Andrew, I always seem to give you these um, stories, but yeah, the, I thought this one was really worth mentioning. Um, the half yearly figures got finalised and we're in all the newspapers. Yep, so we'll, we'll cut to the chase. It was a smart move to use the Times article because most of it's behind a paywall. So yeah, keeps it first yeah. two paragraphs worth. So the headline news is that Brewdog has reported a 55% jump in first half turnover for 2018. That's jumped up to £78 million, which is, is great to see such growth when you don't have the impact of Christmas trading, of the whole Q4 period. Um, that also won't include uh, beer gardens, summer times, etc. So, considering you've got dry January in there, that's pretty good. Um, Brewdog have then said that the increase is mainly from its bar division and from rising exports. So, bars are up 92% year over year, so that's uh, up to over 10 million. And the US business has already topped 5 million in relative infancy. So, that's that's really promising. Isn't it amazing that the bar sales, I mean, I know they've opened a load of new bars. I know there's um, Draft House. Uh, I know, you know, and, and I know there's loads going on in the bars, but to see this kind of growth in year 10 of a business is stunning. I mean, it's just Yeah, it's amazing. great. And I, I don't know um, if those bar numbers are like for like or if it will include the increase from Draft House, etc., which would uh, give a fair spike. But regardless, it's a good performance. Um. Right, Bruce isn't here, so one of you now has to do the breaking news thing. Breaking news! That was alright. Did, did you want to have a go at it, Emma? I forgot what this is. What is this bit? It's where you play the breaking news and then Bruce goes, Breaking news! No, I'm fine, thanks. I can leave that one with sh- Andrew. Are you sure? Go on, go okay. on. Have, a, have a go. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine, honestly. Okay, we'll, we'll, 
breaking news. That's, is that the Halloween edition? Mm. <laughs> Bitcoin and Canary Wharf. So, <laughs> what in, do you in, think about this, Rob? <laughs> well, in what is definitely, definitely not a PR stunt, because they've gone on the forum, the staff, and said it is not a PR stunt. But the headline on their own blog is Bitcoin Cash and Brewdog breaking the status quo at Canary Wharf. So the opening date of Canary Wharf has been announced. It is next. Is it the 19th? It is the Friday, 12 o'clock. You are going along. I think, are you both going along to the EFP launch night the night before? Would that be right? Uh, No. (laughs) No. Okay. So I've got that one wrong. There's too much stuff happening in London. Emma, are you going along? I'm going to be a massive Brewdog geek that week and I'll be there for the EFP opening on the Thursday and then I Mm -hmm. want to go and try and win. I won the raffle prize last time so I'm feeling a little bit lucky but what they're doing on the Friday is the first 100 people through the door after 12 o'clock gets a Bitcoin wallet um, and anything in it could be anything between £12 and £100. So um, yeah, pretty good odds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go along on the Friday as well. So okay, so we've we've obviously got a lot to talk about with the bar opening. I'm, I'm hoping I can get in touch with you while you're there that night. We can speak about all that. But yeah, the Bitcoin thing. I mean, it, my first thought was, I mean, I I'll admit I jumped straight on the forum today and was like, whoa, hold on a minute, we're taking Bitcoin. Bitcoin's like incredibly volatile. It's been in the news. It's associated with some bad things and some amazing things. Some say it's the future, um, or Bitcoin type, sorry, blockchain type stuff is the future of, you know, how we're going to be processing payments. Some people say that it's just a flash in the pan, it's just going to disappear because it's not really practical at all just yet. Um, but I was my main concern was, well, are Brewdog going to start to, if taking payment in Bitcoin, are they then going to start sitting on that? And is there a chance that it could end up, you know, awful lot of, a, a huge drop in the price of Bitcoin and all of a sudden, you know, all our shares are in trouble? And that was my thoughts. But to their credit, um, Martin, is Martin Dempster mm-hmm. on the forum? He came back on and he explained that, no, this is something they've considered very carefully. When the payment comes into them, it's more or less instantly transferred to in, back into Sterling. Um, this really is more of an experiment and um, see how it goes. Um, it's not a gimmick. They do want to roll it out to every bar. They want to push the boundaries and they want to be um, seen to be company, you know, among the few companies that are happy to take Bitcoin as we go forward. Um, and, and really, he did... Big shout out to Myra because he, he, it, it can't be very nice when you work for Brewdog and you've had a pet project and you've been working away on it. And the first thing when you put the press release out is that people start going, well, that's a stupid idea. It can't be nice. Um, but at the same time, I do think that the forum uh, and the feedback that they get via the forum make helps correct the ship sometimes and make sure that we've thought of things from all angles. So I'm happy enough in this case. In fact, so much so that I'm going to try and buy some Bitcoin cash and, and try and use it when I get down to Canary Wharf um, for Metro Mayhem. Do you have any thoughts on it, either of you? And we move on to the next story. <laughs> I don't get credit card points from Bitcoin, so I won't be using it. Fair enough. Okay, and we'll come back to it. A um, couple of quick other London things to mention. Uh, Punk State is on this weekend. I know, Andrew, you're off to that. If I get this podcast out tomorrow, which would be Friday, then it's relevant. If I don't get this podcast out till Sunday or Monday, then I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the other thing is there's a Q&A coming up with James. Um, Emma, you are. did you snag a ticket for that? I did, yes. So I'll be going along so- to that on Tuesday next week, the 9th. Tuesday next week, brilliant. I think it's sold out, isn't it now? It is now, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be lo- lovely to hear back from that and see how you got on with it as well. So uh, we'll hear about that on the next episode, I'm sure. Sure. Cool. Right. Here's Bruce. Okay, so just before we go for the break, is a little question for you. In January 2011, Brewdog released a pack of four beers, all using the same base bean. Oh, Beer it's supposed to be. <laughs> you are a, you are a tube, <laughs> right? With the same base beer, but showcasing four different hops. Brambling Cross, Nelson Sovin, Sriracha Ace, and Citra. But what were this? You, you Your script writing is terrible. Right? Sorry. I'm, I'm going to reread this. Okay, right. Okay, go. Okay. So, 
before we get to the break, here's a little question for you. In January 2011, Brewdog released a pack of four beers, all using the same base beer, but showcasing four different hops, Brambling Cross, Nelson Sovin, Sriracha Ace, and Citra. What were the collection of beers called? Answer, after the break. These are the things that we believe in, the things that we work for. That we strive for. That we fight for. These are the things that underpin everything we do. We believe in world-class craft beer. And we're on a mission to put the taste, the passion, and the craftsmanship back into people's beer glasses. We believe in community ownership. Our business is part owned by a community of over 70,000 beer lovers from all over the planet. We believe in independence. In an industry dominated by faceless corporations. We are making a stand for independence, a stand for authenticity, and a stand for craft. We believe in giving back. The business can be a force for good. Via our groundbreaking unicorn fund, we give away 20% of our annual profits. We believe in radical transparency. From our beer recipes to our financials. And from our profits to our future plans. We share everything. We believe in being a great employer. We believe that our long-term destiny will be completely dependent on how well we look after our amazing people. We believe in taking a stand. Most companies are scared to take a stand for the things they believe in. We are not scared. And finally, we believe that good people drink good beer. People like me. And 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 me. Cheers. We also believe in ghosts, but there wasn't enough space on the list and it wasn't really relevant here, but go ghosts. Andrew, you've got a uh, you've got your hand up. Do you think you know the answer to Bruce's question he asked before that little I break? So. Go on, go Would for it. The IPA is dead. You might be right. Here's Bruce with his answer. Okay, right. The answer to the question that I posed just before the break, the answer is IPA is dead. IPA is dead. Yeah, see, yeah. Ah. that was one of the very first beers I can sort of seem to remember seeing as a bit like, oh, what's that? That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bruce. No worries. Yes, you were damned right. Well done, Thank sir. You very much. I think the the last IPA is dead was amazing, and then they killed it off, and it had the Ella hop, which is an Australian New Zealand hop. God, there's a hop I've not heard of for a while, and I can't believe I'm getting excited about that. beer was just amazing. It was so fruity and fresh. And Whatever happened to the Ella hop? Emma, have you ever tried beer with the Ella hop? It was something different. No, I've never even heard of it, actually. Yeah, E-double-L-A. It's 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 an Australian New Zealand hop, and it's I guess it's difficult to get over here because it's so far, or maybe they use them all down there. Who knows? Yeah, cool. Right, um, we're keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog News Podcast, so feel free to call us on 01224-518-501 and leave us a message. Here's our first one, and uh, this is from our good friend, Watty. Hi, hi, Brewdog. Oh, hold on a minute. Alexa, pleased. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. Watty here for Al Meldrum for you in a day. I was just doing you a wee phone just to say, uh, well, firstly... I'm half a sorry, but I had a cozy good on the road the other day. It, it's going to happen again. The, the fence has been fixed. Second, I'd like to wish Sandy a happy birthday on Saturday. He's going to be 72. Now, he's an Allen man, but he does like a drink. So we were going to go to the Yon Collab Fest for his birthday. So if you've got any information about it, Yon would be smashing. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Ah, so, there we go. So, happy birthday to Sandy. Happy birthday, Sandy. Happy birthday, Sandy. The enthusiasm's amazing. Uh, Collabfest 2018. Um, I'm sure most of the listeners know, but if you are new to BrewDog and you're going, what on earth is Collabfest? Um, Emma, Matt, do you want to tell us about that? Do you know much about it? Yeah, so, one of my favourite times of the year, actually. It's it's when um, all of the BrewDog bars globally partner with a local brewery to make a beer. And then all of those beers are shipped out to all of the bars. So then you can go in and try, I think it's 52 beers over the weekend. So Thursday to Sunday, 
um, and see how many you can get through. Yeah, I mean, I remember it was only a few years ago that it was only, um, you know, there was about 16 beers in total and it was a really cool thing, but it was just on for one day. Because they have to, every Brewdog bar has to take all the regular beers off, um, apart from Punk, and, and now they take Punk off as well, I believe. But yeah, um, and it built up, and then it was having to be done over two days. So now, in order to in order to do it, they're having to do it over <laughs> four days, which is quite stunning, really. Um, yeah, have you do, do you get excited about collab fest, Andrew? I is do. It the thing that pushes Last couple your of years have been to Shepherd's Bush, which I think until this year was the only place it could have every beer on all the time because of the number of taps. Yeah, um, it's it's brilliant. It's uh, good to try. Of course, we got very big moose from last year, so um, that was that was yeah. really really worth doing. Uh, this year, yeah, I think I'll try a couple of the London bars this time because I don't think anywhere's got enough taps to have them all on. So it's a good excuse to go for a bit of an adventure. Yeah, the um, you generally do them in um, like one third flights, yeah. um, so as you can try lots. I mean, yeah. you, you know, obviously it's impossible to actually drink them all in one session when well. you'd be in hospital. But wow, <laughs> give it a go. But um, yeah, it's an exciting time, and uh, I remember last year, a friend of mine uh, who's not a brew dog person at all; he's more of a lager drinker. And I was trying to say to him, look, this is really exciting. And he, he sort of reluctantly came along and he was like, he was gobsmacked because he what he wasn't prepared for was the sheer range mm. of beers. As in, as in, this isn't just like, you know, two or three different IPAs that all have just a slightly different hop flavor. No, they're wild. They go for, they, the bars really go for this and take some mm. big chances. So I think it's great. I think the brewers enjoy it as well in all of the different breweries. I think they get the chance to yeah. cut loose a bit and know they're going to get a huge audience. So. Yeah, and and I think in Aberdeen here, just a little side note on this, the collaborating Castlegate are collaborating with um, Six Degrees, which I'm pretty sure is the first time there's been a collaboration between any brew dog and Six Degrees. So yeah, just just a, a little side note there on that one. Great. So cool. Um, right, next up, friend of the show, it's Kev from Border Digital. Hey, Brew Dog News Podcast, Kevin here long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I wanted to call you guys and uh, just ask you a question about the Brewdog's TV show, TV channel, the app, the thing. As you know, I make content. You guys make a podcast. Do you think there's any chance that the, the Brewdog TV channel would uh, be up for uh, you guys making some content now and again? Because I'm in. Anyway, interested to hear your thoughts. Cheers, guys. Ah, right. Okay, so Kev wants to know if we are interested in doing content or in getting him involved as well, obviously, in doing content for the TV network. Um, for me, the short answer is no. I do not have a face for TV. Um, Emma? Well, does that mean because I record traditionally uh, this podcast in my dead pony pyjamas, that means I'd have to get dressed though, right? Well, I mean, James and Martin don't seem to get dressed very often on the show, <laughs> so you know, on the network. So, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, I, you're go right, on, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate there's that. a there's a reason I, I my career progression has gone sort of radio into a desk job and into podcasting and hasn't ever involved any sort of video ever anywhere. In all seriousness, I'm not not interested in doing content like that for the fact that it, it's because I think I'm, I'm the way I look or anything. It's purely for the fact that I, I don't think at this stage the podcast's quite a big enough and interesting enough to be featured on the network in any way, shape or form. Um, but who knows? I also knows? think there's something magical about radio and podcasts they, they they're much more personal than for me than than screens and and tv and the fact there's a bit of imagination nobody really knows what emma looks like unless they meet her nobody can picture rob in his really swanky studio you know there's there's, there's that mm-hmm. magic majesty about it that uh i think we should keep it as is my, my really swanky studio smells of dog <laughs> fart right now <laughs> i was gonna my say dog. was that you Sorry. at the dog <laughs> right uh next up uh, i went to castlegate as part of the bar crows thing so the bar crows uh, collective is where the if you remember we've spoke about this before this is where the bars are asking um efps to come in and talk to them about uh how to run their bars better or any suggestions that they've got uh, i went along to castlegate it was six o'clock it was a wednesday night and the turnout was 
a little bit underwhelming. I messaged to say, hey, folks, uh, at the bar, I'm running late. And they replied back saying, no problem, we'll wait for you. Which was probably the first sign that I should have known that I was literally the only person that turned up. The only so, person? Yeah, it was... That's yeah. poor. In Castlegate, the second biggest bar, takings-wise, in the network. And I was the only one that turned so up. How, I think there was a, how does it work? a possibly a communication well, it, it, How does it work? Does somebody send around and say who's coming to this? So they know. Well, yeah, it, it was. Um, there's a de- dedicated area of the forum. I I can go into an area of the forum called. Um, you know, you've got on the forum, you've got bars and general chatter mm. and all that. And I've got one. It's not just a thread. It's a whole section for Castlegate Bar Crows where we can go and. Um, that's where the manager's supposed to talk to us. But I mean, first things first. I, I, I very very few bar managers spend any time on the forum. They don't really have time mm. to do that. Um, and I think just putting up one message and hoping people turn up two months later or eight weeks or six weeks later, probably not the best way with all the other things going on. Um, I also have a very strong feeling that the reason the turnout was pretty poor at Castlegate is genuinely because there's really hardly anything to complain about. Um I think they're running the place really well. The team seem very happy. The place is clean, tidy. The fridges are well stocked. The events coming out their ears downstairs. Um, the, the tap lists are great. Really hard to sit and think of anything to feed back that they could take as a, you know, a negative to turn into a positive. I still think it's poor. Um, you're the only person that showed up, though. That's, I mean, there was people are getting really excited about the opportunity to have a say and okay it's working well but even then things can always be improved that just sounds a bit odd it's almost like you need well, someone one... like sorry to interrupt Rob it's, it's almost like it needs someone like no, no, right. like you who's really engaged to almost be a, a lead crew and make sure that there's I don't know if it needs to be a quorum to decide things or anything like that to make sure there's always at least three or four people going to each meeting yeah I did would you, agree did you have much notice on the day on the yeah oh yeah it was six weeks prior oh, six weeks yeah so um and because you had to fill out the online form I mean here's the thing it wasn't sort of talked about uh, anywhere else in the forum it was in that one place um it wasn't advertised in the bar as far as I know I never saw, saw anything I don't think it was talked about on their social media for the bar as far as I know and then you had to go and fill out a form, which is basically a table booking form to say that you'd be there. So I think there were a lot of things in the way. Uh, and I think the timing as well was just awkward for folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, you know, six o'clock on a Wednesday is a pain in the backside because it's too, you know, unless you hang around after work or you come into town, it's too early to come into town for most folk if they've just finished work. So what, but, I've, what I've liked from some other bars that I've seen comments on, they've tied it in with the Bottle Club. So they do the Crow's Nest meeting first and then the Bottle Club after. Um, and I think those bars have got quite a, a high attendance rate. And the one the one in York sounded like it went really well and there's lots of people that turned up at that. I just think there needs to be some consistency across the bars. There's quite a few bars that haven't even had their first meeting yet. It is It is odd. It's one of those things that Breedog were really excited about and then it just seems to have gone very quiet again just now, which is a sign of a company that's growing so fast, I guess. But the area manager for Scotland, North, North England, um, Sam Hughes, she was there along with Craig. Uh, I did find it honestly really informative. I mean, there was a lovely little presentation and he went through everything. Um, but I did ask Sam as we finished up. I said she's she's gone along to each of the meetings so far and made sure her managers are getting the most out of it. And I said, how you know what's the turnout's been like? And she said there's a couple of places where there's only been one person's turned up, uh, but down in Glasgow, uh, funnily enough, there was good few folk turned up, including friend of the show Tom Aitken. Um, so <laughs> I got on the phone with Tom. Uh, yes, this is it. This is his time to shine. Uh, here's me and Bruce from a couple of weeks ago talking to the one and only Tom Aitken. Right, Bruce, uh, remember we yes. spoke uh, just at the start of the show that I went along, and well, you were there as well very briefly, but I went along to the Crow's Nest meeting at Castlegate. Mm-hmm. I, t- I turned um, up right at the end. Have you ever heard of a guy called Tom Aitken on the forum at all? I think so. Okay. Uh, his, name's, his name's come up once or twice. T- Tom's on the line just now. Hi, Tom. Hey there. How you doing? Hey, Tom. How you doing? <laughs> How was that hangover treating you, buddy? Sorry to get you out of your bed at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. 
it's <sighs> it's fun. I've had some Subway, so that's helping me. Excellent, um, living the dream. I've, Having some machine coffee as well, which is helping. Nice. Excellent. When did you actually become an EFP? Um, I became an EFP in the round three. Um, so ah. it was a case of um, I got given one of these uh, Groupon deals to go to the Glasgow bar for, it was like my birthday. Um, so I went along to that and had like the, the flight board and the, the beer school and then on the night, the were mentioning the EFP, uh, and we ended up not that night, but the next day came back into the bar and signed the forms and bought the shares over the bar, and that was me signed up and booked to Brewdog. That's and that's you, the that's Brewdog living the dream there, isn't it? Yeah, spot on. Yeah. Um, well, the reason I asked you to come on, anyways, because yeah, uh, the the crow's nest thing. Um, it was a pretty poor turnout at uh, the Castlegate one, which I'm not sure is actually a good thing or a bad thing, but I know you went to the one at Kelvin Grove. Is that your one? Yeah, Kelvin Grove Bar, yes. Yeah, and uh, Sam Hughes, who's the area manager, covers Scotland and I think some of the North England bars as well. She mentioned that um, you had some really good feedback and stuff there. So I just wonder if you can sort of tell us how it went. Um, yeah, well, we had um, three EFPs at the meeting out of a possible eight that they had in the form to book on for spaces. Um, we had Colin, the general manager there, and Leanne, the assistant general manager, who's now actually been promoted to the main general manager at Sterling Bar now, so congratulations to Leanne. Oh, yeah, perfect, um, yeah. So... Um, she, they were, she was at the meeting and so was obviously Sam. Um, Colin started the meeting. Um, they talked over, I'd, I'd imagine it would be the same for yourself, that you got a kind of like a slideshow of like the the Brewdog Charter and then skipped on to kind of like the, the, the recent period sales and what have you. And then jumping on to asking for feedback, what we do well, and then what we don't do well, and then any other suggestions for the yeah, bar? Yeah. Exactly, it was exactly the same for me. It was um, it was Craig at Castlegate, and he'd he'd done that he'd little presentation basically, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting this to be quite a sort of informal, you know, just sit down and, and is there anything I can help with type chat? But no, they they ran through all the figures and things, and uh, I don't know if Colin did this as well. He ran through Craig did. He ran through all the things coming up at the bar in the next few months. Mm-hmm. Some of which look really yeah. cool, yeah. Yes, uh, Seb. I was just going to ask, um, Tom, why did you choose Kelvin Grove over Merchant City? Was there a reason? Um, it was just a case of, I saw that the amount of people that had signed up for the the Doghouse one, and then I seen the amount of people that signed up for the Kelvin Grove one, so I felt as though like, I'd have a better chance of getting to be involved ah, okay. with the Yeah, fair enough. That, uh, plus, it's like, do think that Doghouse, because of the size of it and its location, I think it it's able to do fine on its own. Uh, but it's like, but with Kelvin Grove, I think that they could do with a couple of things to get it built build up because I think it could be doing a wee bit better, like when than it is just now. So when you went along to your meeting, did you already have a couple of things in your head that you thought you'd want to talk about? There was a couple of things that um, did uh, raise... Um... When at my meeting, Sam mentioned that you, you'd already gone along to the Kelvin Grove one. She said you'd come up with some excellent suggestions. So it's actually great to hear that not only have you come up with some great ideas, uh, but also they've taken them on. Because I, I sat in my meeting and had no great ideas because, truthfully, um, I honestly felt like Castlegate are knocking it out of the park. Uh, there's so little I can look around, and I'm a nitpicker to the nth degree. And I just couldn't think of anything off the top of my head that they hadn't already thought about to be doing better. Um, but I was really surprised by the fact that the turnout was so low uh, to my one. Uh, Perhaps it's a case of with it, I would say, if the bar, as you said, if they're knocking out the park and they're doing things well, maybe there isn't a need for people to actually come along or want to actually give feedback. Because if they're doing well and they're doing things right, then maybe there isn't a need to have a meeting to engage, perhaps. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought. I mean, um, Bruce, as you know, because you you popped along a bit later on, but I mean, I was the only person there. And I'm thinking, wow, of all the hundreds and hundreds of people who are regulars at uh, Castlegate, you know, it's amazing that I'm the only one that turned up. I mean, yeah, okay, it was on a Wednesday at six o'clock. It's a bit of an awkward time for some. Was it advertised? Yeah, I mean, it was, was, well... it wasn't brilliant. I mean, it was mentioned in the forums, but at the end of the day, this the whole idea of the thing is to engage the ultras like us who, you know, want to go in and, and get involved. So I just, I exactly like you, Tom, I took it as a sign that um, people in general are happy, and if they're happy, they don't really feel the need to come along and tell the manager, you know, I think you should be doing this better and that better. So, But don't you think, don't you think Rob, if, if you weren't the only one, if there was maybe two or three or four of you, that some ideas would have come out rather than you being on your own? I think, see, with, with Tom, if there was a couple of guys there, all of a sudden you got dialogue started? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, go on, Tom. Sorry. Uh, one of the things I um, touched on, one of the ideas was that um, doing the EFP Beer Club, um, you probably see on the forum, like several of the bars, uh, EFPs seem to have liaised with our local bar doing the Bottle Club. But we talked about the Bottle Club um, saying that, yeah, it's good and fun that people are coming along, they're bringing their beers, but at the end of the day, that's not selling beer for the bar. So it's a case of, uh, I told them at the, I told Sam at the meeting, um, how I run my own beer club at uh, a shop that may not be mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, I have I have heard of it occasionally. Yeah. And um, Sam likes like the idea of how it is that the format is that I do the club because you actually charge an admission entry, which goes towards buying beers from the shop. Right. Uh, whereas uh, using it for Brewdog that. If you have like say like eight EFPs at a beer club, and you do like say like fifteen pounds a person, you would take all the fifteen pounds towards buying guest beers in the fridge behind the bar. So you're actually creating guest drinking on sale sales for the bar with doing the club rather than people bringing their own beers along. Tom, thanks very much. Um... Really appreciate you taking time out of your hangover Saturday morning. Um, uh, Tom, thanks again. Catch up with you soon, buddy. Bye. Cheers, Tom. All the best. Later. Yep, so there we go. That was nice to get Tom on at last. Um, Yeah, I don't know if there's anything much more to say on that, really. We'll just see where they go with it. Um, Right. Emma, Andrew, it's lightning round. We have a lot more stories to get through. We have about six minutes left of podcast recording time, so let's do this really quick. I'll start off with the first one. If you've done a dogs on deck shift, which is where, uh, and it's an EFP, you get to go along to the bar, do a shift behind the bar, offer a write-up on the forum for people. Uh, You now get a pin badge to say that you've done it. Have you collected yours yet, Emma? I've put my post, yeah. Michael sent me a message to say that he's posting it out, but I haven't got it yet. And that's pretty cool. So, yeah, if you've done a Dogs on Deck shift and you're listening to this, um, check out the forum thread on it. Just do search on Dogs on Deck. You'll find it straight away. Um, yeah, there you go. Andrew, next one. Did you know mm-hmm. Dog Reykjavik's opened? I did, because I added it to the show notes. I mean, it was more of a rhetorical anyway. So, Brewdog oh. Reykjavik has opened. It's uh, Reykjavik is one of my favourite cities in the world. It's a really, really cool town, and not just... Uh, uh, cool town daily. in Iceland. Uh, it's also uh, one of the most expensive uh, places on the planet. Brewdog have done amazingly well to get a location which is on a street called... My my head, for those who don't watch, which is everyone apart from Rob, my head is tilting sideways because it's sideways on Google Maps. <laughs> it's, it's on a street... So it's on a street called Frakastigur, which is actually a great location. It's um, just off the main drag for shops and nightlife. It's the main road that runs from the amazing cathedral in the centre of Reykjavik down to that Sun Voyager statue that's out in the waterfront, which is, it looks like the whale bones. Um, so if you know, if you've been to Reykjavik or seen some tourist stuff, it's there. There's tons of great bars and restaurants in that location as well. I thoroughly recommend Reykjavik for a visit, by the way, if you've not been. There's a Mikula bar there as well, I'm led to believe. It's it's wow. really great to visit, whether it's for the Northern Lights or whether you're going for the, the Midnight Sun. It's definitely worth checking but out. But we do have to throw in that disclaimer, how much is a pint of punk? 
I mean, nobody goes to. It's it's not like going to. to if if he has to say the price, you can't. Well, it's not it. like a stag do in Prague, like or in a Tallinn or something. It's yeah. Drink well and less often, and you'll be fine. The food menu sounds amazing as well. Oh, it does. Yeah. It what does. was what was the dessert, Emma? Do you remember? Oh, was it? It was a. Um, Something Wellington, wasn't it? It was. Um... Is, it, is it a deep fried Mars bar Wellington or something? Yes, it was. Uh, let yes. me let me pull up. I'll, I'll I'll get it. Here we go. So the single dessert. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, can somebody look up how much nine hundred and ninety Icelandic kroner are? Because that's the price of the Mars bar Wellington, which is baked in butter dough with a jet black heart caramel, oat crumble, and vanilla ice cream on the side. For nine hundred and ninety Icelandic kroner, six pound seventy. It's not too bad. That's not horrible. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's that pudding. That that's to die for, though, isn't it? I did actually type nine ninety kroner in pounds, and it came up at eighty eight pound seventy six. <laughs> don't think. But I that was think... the Swedish. Oh, great. <laughs> um, so just while we're talking about uh, kroner, um, your pint of punk is 1,290, and that's for 0.4 of a litre, so it's a little under a pint. So, how much is 1,290 kroner, Rob? £8.73. two-thirds of a pint. Yes, so, there we go. Anyway, this lightning round has um, slowed somewhat, so let's crack <laughs> on. talking about Mars Bar Wellington. Uh, so I got a bit stodgy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Hey, hey, Emma, uh, I just wanted to quickly mention the two-for-one vegan Mondays again because I really do think this is a fantastic deal and a fantastic promotion. Have you had a chance to take advantage of it at all? I haven't, sadly. That's, um, oh. yeah, that's really lame of me, but the cauliflower wings. <laughs> Cauliflowers <laughs> don't have wings. <laughs> um. Okay, can you stop banging your head against the microphone now? <laughs> I, I think <laughs> there's children sleeping have just been woken up I think I just you. branded my forehead with the logo <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, but yeah it's still going on in all brew dog bars in the UK so on Mondays it's vegan Mondays in the bar you can get two for one on all the main meals um, they have decided to add the cauliflower burger to the new menu which is great news and keep the other two um vegetarian burgers on the menu because the results of the plant-based punch-up trial that they did um actually resulted in everyone ordering more of the old items but they're gonna they're gonna add the cauliflower burger on for to keep it interesting very good um i'm gonna Say a quick shout out here and a quick plug. Uh, Richard Taylor, who does a lot of the writing for Brewdog, um, he's uh, Rich uh, at Brewdog Brew Rich. Um, he very kindly has uh, helped me out with something, uh, nothing Brewdog related this time. It's my uh, my world famous now world famous the Newton Arms, my uh, local pub. They very kindly helped let me help them organise a beer festival that's coming up in a couple of weekends. And I'm dead chuffed. Uh, Richard gave me a hand to make sure that the programmes are all written up and I'm not writing too much nonsense about the beers. But check out the beer list. Bear in mind, this is a tiny little village pub. Probably get 60, 70 people in the entire building. Absolute tops, okay? Edinburgh Beer Factory's Paloozy, the lager. Northern Monk, Faith, Campervan, Tropical Mango, Sour Beer, Brewdog's Cybernaut, the New England IPA that's Ooh. just new out, Three from Fierce Beer, Cranach and Killer, Pina uh, Canada Scream, Peanut Riot, Sirens, Soundwave, their American IPA, and uh, Hardywood Park from America, a 9.2% Imperial Gingerbread Stout. Very impressed. For a little village pub, I am delighted. I think you've done an amazing job, it, actually. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I'm chuffed a bit that so they went for it, and there's a, a ton of cask ales as well for the um, muggles. Other people, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Just wanted to say that, and thanks they to all Richard. cans, or have you got kegs coming as well? Oh, it's all kegs, oh, wow. a whole lot. The reason why the reason why we've got three fierce is because they're lending us some more of the dispensing equipment so as we can have more tops. Awesome. So. Well done. Yeah, I'll report back on that one. Um, Emma, fanzine. 
Yes, so for any existing fanzine subscribers, (laughs) (laughs) good news is that you can now buy some back issues in the online shop. So um, if anyone's wanting um, another Clown King or there's Choco Libra on the site, there's four editions currently available, so six, seven, nine, and ten. Um, I'm guessing after this week's that if there's any leftover, that's going to be in high demand. So I recommend keeping a close eye on the online shop. Cool. Um, brilliant. And I'm just going to mention another little project. I'm being a bit self-indulgent here. Um, I put my uh, little side project I've been working on live. It's called Dog Pub Time Machine. Uh, if you Google dogpubtimemachine.com or just type Dog Pub Time Machine, it'll come up. Um, basically what this is... It checks what beers are on at every BrewDog bar every hour or two, and it keeps a, a log of that, and you can go, okay, I want to know when, um, you know, whatever beer that you particularly want, which London pubs particularly that is on tap in right now and things like that. I'll speak a bit more about it in the future, but I'm looking for feedback. Um, Dog pub, pub Time Machine. Um, yeah, if you want to have a look. Um, and last thing to mention, um, mini kegs. Um, you might remember it was actually in episode eight, which was about five, six weeks ago now. Prentice Baines asked about the uh, five litre mini kegs. Um, and it turned out that Brewdog were just a way to launch a trial on this. I got one of them. Uh, I put a photo up on Facebook and got it back to the house here, let it settle, let it chill. And then I thought it would be interesting to take it round to the pub, the Newton Arms, world famous, and try it out uh, in comparison to regular punk that was on draft, which is perhaps a bit of an unfair comparison, but I just thought it would be a different sort of way to approach it. It did not go well. Um, the, the amount of foam was was ridiculous and i thought i'd handled the keg pretty well um was other people were putting their feedback in they were reporting the same thing that it had just out of sort of 10 11 pints in the keg there'd maybe been three or four in some cases in my case it was about three pints were actually drinkable and it really didn't taste that great either um so yeah not not great on that however um brewdog did this brilliantly they gave them away for free they asked people to use them in the real world they got a ton of feedback and they'll go back and work on that. So, uh, Prentice, if you're listening, I still think there's a good chance that these kegs are going to come out for Christmas. Um, just the actual physical design that they were using that time, pretty sure they're not going to use that hardware now they've actually road tested it a little bit. So, yeah, just wanted to share that one. And, uh, right, it's time to get uh, from direct from his beach in um, Crete. Well, that's um, been a great show, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've really enjoyed that. How do you know? You're not... Okay, it's just messing it's, with my head. Hey, right, right. It's always a great show. I tell you what, let's just uh, let's just get on with your joke, shall we? Right, listen. See, this week um, I watched, um, for the first time I watched um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But did you know that you can tell an ant's gender by putting it in water? If it sinks, girl ant. If it floats, boy ant. Oh, good grief. But... I'm not sure how I feel about that. Oh dear me! All right. I'm glad you're in. I'm Crete. glad he's not me here. Too. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm in Crete too. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Hey, no worries. Uh, okay, that's it for this podcast and the next episode. Uh, EFP five's coming to a close, so we're going to try and catch up with Neil. Oh, what was his surname Fletcher. again, Andrew? Neil Fletcher. Uh, he's got a cool way for you to buy and sell shares out with the usual trading days, and. We might just have a bottle of death or glory to give away to one of our listeners. A final mention for our ooh, ooh. thank thank you thank you. a final mention for our Patreon campaign. Please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdog news for all the details and the cool video that Kev from Border Digital helped us put together. Uh, now let's give everyone a chance to say where they can be found online. Andrew, we'll start with your good self, I'm sir. Simply Andrew on the forum. Come and find me there. Not simply Andrew, just Andrew. <laughs> Thanks. No uh, Emma, you, where can people find you if they want you? I am on the forum Emma underscore DeSena and on Instagram as Emma DeSena. Awesome. You can find me at Sunscream on Twitter and the same Sunscream on the forum. You can also find out about my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail to our local rate number 01224 518501. You can email us studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdog news podcast and our twitter is at brewdog news 
Show notes and past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. There's links on the website. Have a great week, everybody. We'll promise we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.